So there is a meme that circulates every so often that I love. I don't know if, if, if your marriage is like my marriage, if, if you're married, but very often uh, these days our love language is spent sharing memes with one another while we sit on the couch and ignore the same television show. I don't know if you do that, we do that. And one of the memes that I enjoy receiving or seeing on the internet is one that goes like this. You've probably seen it yourself. Um, it says, if I ever win the lottery, I wouldn't tell anyone, but there would be signs. Have you seen that meme? Let me show you a couple examples, yeah. So we've got some examples uh, in front of you. One is a guy who is taking a bath in some Reese's peanut butter cups. That would be my idea of luxury right there. Uh, there's someone who's taken their wealth and bought about 200 dogs. Some of you are itching to do that. And then there's a guitar guy who is surrounded by five or 600 guitars and all the gear that goes with. For me, if, if I hit the Powerball, I would probably keep it to myself as well, but there would be signs. They'd be different than this. My sign would be this. Yes, that's right. That's my face poorly photoshopped onto the face of Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2. I would wear that outfit and I would have a flying DeLorean. <laughs> Other than that, you would know nothing has changed in my life. What would it be for you? If you hit the jackpot, what would the signs be? Would no one in your family have any student loans anymore? Would your mom not just get her house paid off but get two vacation homes as well? Or would you never wear the same shoes twice? <laughs> what would the signs be? Today, we are closing out a teaching series called the Church Series, where we've been taking the time to remind ourselves as a family of faith uh, what's important here at St. Mark, uh, what our mission is, and, and, and what we value here. And in case you've missed it, here's a reminder of what our mission is. Our mission is to introduce Houston families to the life-changing love of Jesus. And then what's important for us as a community of faith are these three things, making friends, meeting Jesus, not just once, but, but more and more, growing in your knowledge of who he is and what he's done for you over the course of your life, and making a difference. We, we want to be the kind of church where we take whatever, whatever blessings, whatever privilege we have, and we leverage it for the sake of loving and serving and caring for other people. Those are the things that we want to be about. But what we focused on in this series is what these things look like lived out on the daily basis for individuals. What do those things look like lived out Monday through Saturday as a follower of Jesus in your individual life or mine? And we said that, that it really comes down to these three things. This is the, the pathway of a disciple, the things you do on a daily basis. It comes down to connecting with God's people, engaging with his word and his gifts, and then sharing the gifts that God has given to us with other people. On a daily basis, we think following Jesus equals these things in the workplace, in the home place, and in every other place where you spend time looking to connect with other people in the faith, looking to engage with God's word no matter where you are, and looking to be a generous person who shares. And the reason I bring up that meme is this. You may not be a really outspoken follower of Jesus. You, you may not be the kind of person who finds a way to weave your faith into every single conversation you have. You may not be that person. But if you are a follower of Jesus, there, there should be some telltale signs that you're a follower of Jesus. And 
the scriptures tell us that, that one of the telltale signs, no matter how outspoken or gregarious you are about your faith, one of the telltale signs that you are a person of faith is generosity. A willingness to take whatever God has given to you and entrusted to you in terms of your, your resources, your time, your talents, and you're willing to share those things with other people. In the scriptures, whenever you see someone coming to faith, you also see a change of heart that changes a whole lot of things in their life. And you also see with that change of heart a call upon them to open their hands and, and share the gifts that they've been given from God with other people. Uh, likewise, when you see the community of faith described in the scriptures, the description often includes that of the people of God being very generous, sharing the things that they have with, with one another and with those who are outside of that family of faith. Uh, for example, when John the Baptist, the, the, the hairy guy that lived out in the wilderness and ate bugs, when John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus, when John the Baptist was roaming around doing his thing, trying to get people ready for the arrival of Jesus, one of the things he said was this, if you have two tunics, two t-shirts, if you have two shirts, wear one, give the other to somebody else. If you have two lunches, you got two sandwiches, eat one, give one to the other person. Here's how you prepare for the arrival of the kingdom, share. And then Jesus shows up and he says something very similar. He says the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Sell your possessions and give them to the poor. Here's how you prepare to receive the greatest of all things. Empty your hands of all other things. And then the description of the early church in the book of Acts. The early church is described as a group of people who had all things in common and, and no one had need. But it's not just a New Testament thing. In the Old Testament, prior to the arrival of Jesus, you hear God's family described this way. God gives them, God gives them instruction that says this. As you, as you harvest the grain in your field, don't harvest all the way to the edge, but instead leave some margin in your field. And, and as you harvest, as you pile stuff into your cart and take it home, if stuff falls off that cart onto the ground, leave it on the ground. Leave that which falls to the ground and the edges of your field, leave it for other people because you have enough. Anytime you hear a description of the arrival of the kingdom or people coming to faith or the community that it creates, you hear a call to generosity, a telltale sign that you have become a part of the kingdom of God is that you are willing to open your hands and share. So here's my question for me and for you this morning. How are we doing at showing that sign? How are you doing, and I'm asking myself the same question, how am I doing at showing that surefire sign of the kingdom? How am I doing at sharing and giving and offering the things that God has given to me to the world around me. How are you doing? Now, as you wrestle with that, let me give you a couple images. I find these things to be helpful. Um, I, I have found that, that when it comes to generosity, there are typically three types of sharers, three types of, of givers, if you will. Just go with me on this. There are nuts, there are safes, and there are honeycombs. Nuts, safes, and honeycombs. Uh, a nut is someone who will give, but you gotta crack them open. 
You, you may even have to like hit them really, really hard and, and twist them and really work on them and eventually they'll crack open. They're not gonna like it, but they will crack open and they've got a gift to give. Some people are just like that. They're just nuts when it comes to giving. And then some people are safes. They have a lot of resources to share, time, talent, treasure, all those things, but you gotta know the combination. They are more than willing to share, but you gotta know the right combination that speaks to their heart, speaks to their mind, and unlocks their generosity. And when it does get unlocked, when you really speak to their heart and mind, when it does get unlocked, oh my goodness, there's treasure within. And then there are some people, those rare, beautiful people who are like honeycombs. You ever pulled a, a, a honeycomb from a hive? There's no clean, easy, neat way to do it. When you pull the honeycomb from the hive, it gets what? It's everywhere, and it gets all over everything. You get within two feet of a honeycomb, and you, are, you got sticky hands. Some people are like that when it comes to generosity. You get near them, and all the possessions that they have, all the blessings that they have are gonna ooze everywhere, and they're gonna, they're gonna touch you, and you're gonna have some stuff in your hands. It's like, what? You're giving this to me? You're handing this to me? Why are you so generous? I don't know, I just give everything away. There are some people who are like that, right? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you, you don't have to be a honeycomb. But you do have to know this, that, that part of being in the kingdom of God is, is giving and sharing all the gifts that, that you have with, with, with the world around you. And that whether you are a nut or a safe or a honeycomb, God is going to, God is going to crack you open. He, he's, he's going to draw gifts out of you uh, he, he might have to crack you. He, he, he might have to speak directly to your heart or it may be easy, but, but he's gonna draw it out of you. So don't be surprised as it happens. So which are you? Is it easy for you to share? Is it tough for you to share? Is it hard for you to share? How are you doing at sharing the gifts that God has given to you? Now, when it comes to the gifts that God has given um, there are three reasons, ultimately, why Christian people can and should be some of the most generous and, and um, sacrificial people on the planet. There are at least three reasons. I'm gonna share those three reasons with you. In particular, if you're struggling with this idea today, maybe you're here as a follower of Jesus and you're saying, I know I should be generous, I should be willing to share, I should be willing to open my hands, but, but, it's, but it's really, really, really tough for me. I'm here to remind you of the why. Why are we to be generous? Why is it a, a chief sign of the kingdom of God? First reason is this. We share because we know the source. We share because we know the source of, of all the blessings and all the good gifts that we have. Indeed, that's one of the first light bulbs that comes on when you come to faith. You, you start to understand that I, I, I really haven't earned anything Every single thing in my life, from the breath in my lungs, to the money in my wallet, to the kids in my care, to the home that I have, all of it comes from God. All of it is a gift. I, I, I haven't really earned anything. It all comes from him. The book of James, deep in the New Testament, gets at this point when it says these words. James chapter one, verse 17. In fact, it might be good for us to say these words together. Would you say these with me out loud? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. One of the things you'll notice in the Christian faith is that we don't really talk about possessions. We talk about gifts, and that's because we know where things come from. 
And also, if we're using our language appropriately, biblically in the Christian faith, we don't really talk about ownership either because we understand that, that everything comes from God and it's ultimately on loan from God. And so instead of ownership, we talk about a different thing. We talk about stewardship, which is just a fancy word for the fact that you and I are really just momentary managers of everything that we possess. We are momentary managers. We don't talk about ownership, we talk about stewardship. Because what, what faith teaches us is that everything we have is undeserved. And everything that we have, all of it, is on loan from the Almighty. And the more you, you are at rest in that truth, the more you come to terms with that truth, the more ludicrous it seems to hold on to all the temporary things in your hand for dear life. You didn't put them there. You won't be able to keep them there. So why not share them while they are there? We know the source. But we also share because we know the limits of the treasure that we possess. We know the limits of it. And Jesus, Jesus went out of his way to try and tell us the limits of earthly stuff. Yes, it's all from God and it's all a gift, but it has severe limits. You just heard these words from Jesus, but they're worth repeating. Luke chapter 12, verse 33, Jesus says this, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. The implication is your wealth grows old. With a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, earthly treasure in the end will fail. That's the implication of what Jesus says. All the earthly gifts, though of God, are temporary. And at some point, they will be taken from us. And that's important for us to be reminded of because not only will that keep us from holding onto it too tightly, it'll also, it'll also keep us from, from worshiping those things wrongly. And that's the tough truth that, that you and I don't, don't really like to hear, that at the heart of an unwillingness to share, at the heart of a death grip on all the stuff of life, our time and our talent, and indeed our, our treasures, our, our finances and our possessions, at the heart of a death grip on those things is idolatry. I worship that stuff, man. And I know you do too. And you might say, well, I, I don't worship it, but let's be honest, you kinda do. And so do I. Here, here, here's how it looks. Here's how it works, rather. Um, we each define our own little version of heaven and hell. We each define our own little version of heaven and hell. And maybe for you, your, your own little version of, of lowercase h, heaven, is, is being the most successful of your siblings. Or, or maybe it is never again facing some of the, the poverty and insecurity that you knew in your childhood. Or, or maybe it is being acclaimed and affirmed by your peers. And so what happens, because that's your heaven, you hold on to and you have a death grip on all the, the temporary stuff of life because you think that by getting more of that stuff or holding on tightly to that stuff or amassing a big pile of stuff, it will help you arrive at heaven and avoid hell. By holding on to your time and your talent and your treasure and all these different resources, it will help me be more successful than my brother. It will help me avoid the poverty of my childhood. It will help me be the most, most successful of my peers. It will help me attain that lowercase s salvation. Well, all of that, my friends, that's worship. That is the definition of idolatry. And that's why when John the Baptist says, prepare for the kingdom of God, and he says, if you've got a lot of stuff, share it. It's why Jesus shows up and he says, look, if, if you wanna prepare for the kingdom of God, get rid of stuff. 
Let go of stuff. Because something better is on the way. Because, you know, Jesus used to say, it's hard for rich people to enter heaven. Do you know why he would say that? And by the way, I'm not talking about some rich people out there. We're not talking about Elon Musk. Talk about me. Talk about you. In, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of time and eternity, and even this day and age, we, we are the wealthy ones, okay? And Jesus says it is very difficult for wealthy people, people who have a lot of stuff, it's very difficult for people who have a lot of stuff to, to connect with, to get close to, to understand the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we have, we have just enough stuff to help us deal with all the symptoms and ignore the problem. The symptoms are things like loneliness or anxiety or feeling like I'm not enough and I have to prove myself. The symptoms are all the sins I indulge to kind of gratify this, this broken heart that I have. Those, those, are all, those are all the symptoms. And I've got a whole lot of treasure to help me deal with all of those symptoms. And I can deal with them pretty well and I can convince myself that I don't have the disease. But the disease is different than all the symptoms we're able to treat with all of our stuff. The ultimate disease affecting humanity is the fact that you and I need a right relationship with the one who made us. We need to be known by him, loved by him, and, and we can't fix that or forge that on our own. You, you can't attain it by amassing a certain amount of success or certain possessions. You can only receive that passively through faith in Jesus Christ. And so you can go around spending all your time and all your treasure dealing with all of the symptoms and convincing yourself you don't have the disease and miss the point completely. But here's, here's what the people of God know. Here's what you know. That possessions, though gifts of God, that time and talent, though coming from God, in, in the hands of sinful, broken people, they become like opioids to the soul. Numbing pain. Allowing us to ignore the real disease. Demanding dependence. And all the while keeping us from addressing the real issue. And you know that that's what it does. And so you are free to let go of those things because you know the limits of those things. These things cannot cure the disease. Only faith in Jesus cures the real disease. And so I'm able now to let go of some of these things and share these things because I'm not fooled by these things. I know the limitations and the temptations of these things. And that's why I share. Now on the flip side, we also share because we know the power. And that might seem like that might seem like a contradiction. We share because we know the limits, but we also share because we know the power. Let me explain it like this. We, we know the power of our resources when they are placed in the right hands and when they are utilized for the right purposes. Uh, let, me, let me give you a $5 theological word, okay? The $5 theological word for the day is immutability. Immutability. In, in theological circles, God is said to be immutable. What that means is that there are, 
There are certain characteristics of God and certain, certain powers and capacities that God has by definition of being God that cannot be shut down, they cannot be covered up, they cannot be controlled by outside forces. The, the character and the capacity of God cannot be held back. It's going to shine through. Now, what's interesting is that in the Christian faith, we teach that this immutable God who cannot be held back by any human force, this immutable, unchangeable, glorious God, he chooses to, he chooses to meet needs in this world, to make himself known in this world, to give his gifts in this world through limited, small, finite people in this world. Why he chooses to do this, I don't know, but that's what he's chosen to do. God answers the prayers of people through the working and the doing and the sharing of other people. And, and what that should do is add a sense of awe. Why would this immutable, incredible God choose to work through, through me for the sake of somebody else and urgency to our understanding of sharing? The God of the universe, who cannot be held back, is going to work through me, who is limited, broken, and small, and he's going to meet a pressing need in the life of somebody else. You see, uh, the church, local church, is waiting on God for certain things. Your neighbor is waiting on God for certain things. People at your workplace and your community, they are waiting on God for certain things, which means that they are waiting on who? They're waiting on you for certain things because the God of the universe chooses to work through people giving, serving, sharing, sacrificing to meet somebody else's need and to answer somebody else's prayer. And what you know, what you know, is that that's a fact. And so you share because you know that God is at work in it and through it to answer somebody else's prayer. That is power. Who am I to hold back the divine activity of God because I will not share the things that God has entrusted to me? That's why we share. Now, you might be here as a person who is not yet a follower of Jesus. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, then, then I have what might be some good news for you. We're talking about how generosity is a sign of having encountered the kingdom. It's, it's one of the trademarks of the people of God and followers of Jesus because we know these certain things to be true and it changes how we view our time, our talent, and our treasure. Well, I got some good news for you. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, none of this applies to you. You, you, you have no call upon your life to give, to be generous, to be sacrificial. Now, I think you should. I think it's good for the soul. But you don't have to like we do. Well, what's important for you to understand is that for us, the, the, the reason we give is not so that we might get something else. We don't give because we want to be good. We don't want to give because we want to prove our devotion to God. All the generosity and sharing that we're talking about is meant to flow from something we already have, not, not towards something we're trying to possess, if, if that makes sense. You see, what we believe is that we have been brought into, through no effort of our own, we have been brought into a right relationship with God. That every sin, even that 
terrible one that you can't seem to shake. Every sin has been forgiven and, and your future has been secured. You are in the Father's family no matter what. And, and there is this Holy Spirit that lives in, inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus to, to enable you to believe in Jesus and follow him and love other people even though it's so hard. That all of this is a gift. And because of that, because of that, we have this tremendous sense of peace. And out of that sense of peace, we then give and share to others. We, we give because it flows from a peace that we have, not toward a peace that we are trying to attain. And by the way, that's one of the things that separates Christianity from virtually every other religion or, or worldview on the planet. Every other religion puts forward certain values certain habits that it prescribes or recommends, but they're all working toward an end. They're working toward the receiving of something else. It's about attaining to a higher plane or proving your devotion so that you might enjoy eternity. It's all flowing toward trying to attain something from God. I give so that I might get from God. It is all flipped around in the Christian faith. We, we give because we have received from God. And so if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you, there is no call upon you to give. Instead, my invitation to you is to, is to perceive the gift that is offered to you in Jesus Christ. To know that there is a right relationship with the Father that is yours. It's already been bought, paid for, earned, and it's handed to you. And that there is a peace and a purpose that is waiting for you out of which can flow tremendous generosity. But first and foremost, know the peace and receive the gift. Now, if you are here as a follower of Jesus, all of this is, is meant to remind you of the fact that, that we are to give the sign to the rest of the world that we belong to the kingdom. And one of the, one of the chief signs that we give is our willingness to give, to serve, to share, to, to hold the things of this world loosely and to let them fall into the laps of others or be given into the lives of others. And so I'll say this very, very, very clearly but very humbly. Um, if, if you're a follower of Jesus and, and you are not yet serving in any capacity, in, in the community at large, in, in the church that you call home, it, it, it's time to give the sign. It's time to show the sign of generosity to the rest of the world. It's time. If, if you have not yet created any margin in your, in your finances or your possessions to share with someone other than yourself, to share with a place or a person outside of yourself and outside of your family, it, it is time to change that. It is time to show that sign to the rest of the world. If, if you have gifts and talents that, that bring you incredible pleasure and maybe you've blessed a handful of people but the rest of us have no idea that you're really excellent at this or you've been gifted with that, it is time to come out of hiding and share those gifts with, with, with the church, with the community, with the, with, the, with the world at large around you. It is time to show that sign. It is time because this, this my friends, is who we are, it's what we do and it's, it's the sign that we give to the rest of the world that we belong to a kingdom, a kingdom that matters and changes everything. I'll close by offering a, a quote. And this is a quote that you, you've probably heard before. It comes from Jim Elliott. It was found in his journal. On October 28, 1949, uh, a very young Jim Elliott 
wrote in his journal after spending some time reading the scriptures. He was engaging with God's word, reading the teachings of Jesus. In particular, some words that Jesus said about, about the kingdom to come and the generosity that it inspires in the lives of those who, who receive that kingdom. And in response to reading those words about Jesus, J- Jim Elliot scribbled these words in his, in his journal. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And those words that Jim Elliot wrote resonated. Once his journals were published, that, that quote in particular uh, was, was shared around the world. Not just because it makes sense, but because Jim himself went on to live those words out just a couple of years after he wrote these words in his journal. Jim Elliott, along with some friends, went on a missionary expedition. An expedition that's been documented in a handful of movies, most recently, The End of the Spear, 2005. They went to the the most remote sections of Ecuador. And Jim and his team went into that village to share the love of Jesus, but, but not long after their arrival, the very people they went to serve and to share with took their lives took the lives of Jim and his entire team. But Jim was no fool. He, he was no fool, though he lost his life because he, he gained more of that which he could not lose, which is, which is an eternity in the presence of Jesus. He, he had Jesus already, but even having lost his life, he now enjoyed Jesus even more, and he was doing the thing that mattered the most, sharing the love of Jesus with others, even though that led to him losing his life. It led to him losing his life, but that same, that, that same village that took his life shortly thereafter came to faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. A faith that remains in that community, in Ecuador, to this day. I share that story because throughout the last three weeks, this whole series has really been about giving. It it has been about giving that which you cannot keep to attain more of that which you cannot lose. If if you want to connect with people of faith, you're going to have to give of your time. It's just the way it works. If you want to engage more deeply with God's word and his gifts and to understand him more and to encounter him uh, more, you're going to have to rearrange your priorities. And that's not easy. That's just how it works. And if you want to give the sign to the rest of the world that you belong to a whole different world through Jesus Christ, if you want to be generous, you're going to have to let go of things that your broken heart says you have to hold on to. You're going to have to let go of things that you can't keep in order to experience more of what you cannot lose. That's how this works. I I know it's not easy. I struggle with it too. It's no coincidence that the word disciple and discipline have the same root. It is not easy. But friends, it is who we are. It is what we do. You may not be the most outspoken member of the Christian community. I get it. But let there be a sign 